slugged in the nugs, in the nugs, by the nugs. We were slugged in the nugs, in the nugs, by the nugs. Zanzor! What up, Matthew? What's up, dude? <laughs> How you feeling? How are those nugs? Oh, How are they, those slugs in the nugs there? Oh, got, got slugged in the nugs. Kind of hurts, man. <laughs> kind of hurts. A, a blowout in game one. The Phoenix Suns lose by a final score of 125 to 107. Not how you want to start a series, but it's just that it's it's a series. It's a series. And unfortunately, the the defense of the Phoenix Suns is obviously a topic of conversation that we're going to probably uh, reference ad nauseum during this podcast because it was it was non-existent, man. Yeah, I mean, you you obviously knew how good the, the Nuggets were sharing the ball, um, jacking up three. I mean, they were just almost perfect tonight. Yeah. I think if the Suns were to pull away in this game and actually make it competitive, it's one of those things where you're like, well, you know, that was the best shot the Nuggets gave and the Suns came back, but the Nuggets just had that extra ounce of energy and the extra just fuck you in them tonight to end it for the Suns. They did, and it was a game one at home for them. Obviously, this is a team and a franchise that has Phoenix on their minds when they think about post, post or, 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 or once post, pre, once upon a time failures in the postseason, uh, obviously because, you know, the Suns swept him a couple years ago without Jamal Murray. So they, they're they up for this game, and Phoenix was up for it too. I mean, it was clear that offensively, Phoenix was engaged. They were hitting their shots. I mean, they ended uh, this game by shooting 51% from the field. That's better than what the, the Nuggets shot, 47.5. The simple fact is when you – allow offensive rebounds when you allow the opposition to have 17 more shot attempts than you do when they make uh, nine more three pointers than you do. It's just, it's not a recipe for success. No, it's not. I mean, it is one of those games where you just come away from it and just like, maybe it's just, they just were hot. They made everything and it kind of in the back of your mind, you might think that, Hey, this is going to be a blowout series, but not mine. I was just no. like, yeah, they lost. I mean, by halftime, we kind of knew it was kind of over, right? It was kind of miraculous. It would have been a miraculous comeback for the Suns. It would have been one of those like, Oh shit. I didn't know the Suns were there yet. You know, I thought they needed a little bit more time to come back in games like this against an offense that high powered. That would have been awesome. But you just can tell the nuggets wanted this one. It's game one. Like you said, the the sweep everything the fans knew everyone knows it like it's just that energy they had man that's why coming back off of this one from this one is gonna be really tough for the suns but it's something i could see them coming back from for sure the adjustments oh. will be made and they'll get better agreed i think that again entering the series we know that both of these teams play at a very similar pace both of them have really good offenses and both of them have some things to be desired on defense obviously the things that needed or that the, the suns have left to be desired on defense uh we have a long way to go. I mean, we definitely yeah. do down 17 at the half. Uh, the, the minutes in which Jokic wasn't on the court were plus minutes for the Nuggets. You can't have that. You can't have that happen. So we'll break all that down. We'll break the, the game down. Thank you, everybody who's joining us on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me at Darth Voida and read my writing at brightsideofthesun.com. You can follow Matthew. At Matthew Lissy. That's right. Oh, you didn't you didn't say it soft that time. 
right nope. in our ears. I like it. Well, yeah, you know, I've, after this game, you know, I was like, there's only one person that you can trust, one person you can count on, and that's myself. So I got to stand up for myself sometimes. Wow. Okay. That was deep, man. Uh, oh, I, 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 okay. <laughs> if it helps anybody out there with anything, I don't know. People are driving to work tomorrow. They listen to the podcast and they're like, oh, man, the sun's lost, but I need just a confidence boost. And there's Matthew with, with confidence just oozing. And he's like, oh, yeah. Matthew, follow me at Matthew. Hey, Matthew, let's see. Well, I'll tell you another thing, Jamsters. If you want to be confident, I'll tell you this. We have an awesome limited time promo for new DraftKings users. Deposit and place a $5 or more wager on any sport to get $150 instantly added to your account in bonus bets. Win or lose. All you have to do is use our code SUNSJAM at sign up to redeem. That's right. We have our own code. It's SUNSJAM. It's a great way to support the podcast. So if you don't yet have a DraftKings account, do us a solid. Sign up with code SUNSJAM and place your first bet. New customers only, 21 and older, and physically present in Arizona. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Valid one offer for customer. Minimum $5 deposit and $5 wager. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets and expire seven days after being awarded. See full terms at DraftKings.com. I will say I did bet on the game. I did hit my parlay. It was over 20, uh, 220 and a half points, over four re- or four and a half rebounds for Aaron Gordon and over one steal for Devin Booker. So <laughs> easy stuff, man. Yeah, that's all easy, you got to do. Pretty, right. When you, you say it like that, I'm like, I can win money. You do the same game parlays. You parlay like a bunch of negative 300s. It comes yeah. out to plus 200. Boom. There it is. So. Shout out to nephew Hayden doing the same thing out there. He's making some big bucks. He's all you got to do is no basketball. Boom. So. And then use code promo code at Suns Jam. We all yep. win. So that was the second part. Definitely, it. it's a Saturday night. We're gonna be drinking after this game. So I've got one oh of those, yeah, I got one of those long drinks. I'm gonna be popping. Matthew's yeah. got a glass of a little bit more a, to go through. Look a that. heavy pour of wine. Look at that. It's the rest of the bottle. Matthew Paul Lissy, let's go crack them. Matthew Paul Rose Lissy. Woo, Matthew Paul Rose Lissy. Let's talk about <laughs> this shitty game, huh? in game one of the Western Conference semifinals in Denver. Uh, we're up 32 to 31 after the first quarter. Then they go down by 17 points entering the half, ultimately lose. Uh, and it brings me to my first question as per usual. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask, why don't the Suns shoot three-pointers in this game? <laughs> In this yeah. game, they're outshot from beyond the arc. Uh, or they make 7 of 23. And the Denver Nuggets go 16 of 37. And this is like some new aberration in the playoffs where they just they stop shooting the three ball for some reason. Jamal Murray himself had six. The Suns had seven. Why don't they shoot the three ball, Matthew? They want to be Why? a team. <laughs> they want to blow people's minds this year. They do. I think I'm freezing a little bit there. They want to blow your minds. They want to be the team to actually just knock down the two-point shots and win these series. Um, I, I think that they need to start putting in, of course, Warren and Ross, who Ross got some minutes towards the end of the game, which is kind of like uh, it's kind of disrespectful to me. It's a blowout, and then they're just putting them in. It's like, oh, that doesn't look too good, you know? Um, they need to start looking that way. I think this this game, they can be close. If we can get those big boards, that we can actually 
box out. We can uh, play some good defense, limited second chance points. Then, yeah, the two-point, our game works. One versus one, take turns between Katie and Booker. But they got to focus on hitting the threes. Don't be shy. Get to it, man. Get to it. Am I freezing still? Yeah, you're lagging, but the audio sounds yeah, just fine. And that's computer sucks. That, that right. that's what matters. What's right. interesting is during the regular season, the Phoenix Suns were 13th overall in three pointers made and 17 overall in three point attempts. They averaged 32.6 three pointers during the postseason. Or I'm sorry, during the regular season. Now that we're in the postseason, it's like this completely different team. And don't get me wrong, like I understand how efficient they are from the the mid-range. I mean, they're taking, entering this game, they're taking 73% of their shots in the mid-range, which is just a fucking ridiculous number. And when you're making them at the clip in which they're doing so, it makes sense for them to, to attack that area. But you have to diversify. And it's not like, it's not like they're not finding wide open shots. It's not like they're, they're sitting there beyond the arc and people are running them off the line consistently. Are they being run off the line from time to time? Yeah, but the, the, the shots there, they're just not taking them. Now, don't get me wrong. Like The reason they lost this game isn't because they didn't shoot a ton of threes. Part of the reason they lost is they gave up 43.2% from beyond the arc. Uh, and, and Denver, I mean, was, was fantastic. So you kind of have this duality of who the Suns are. One, on one side of the ball, they're not shooting the three ball. They're allowing the opposition on the other side of the ball to shoot it at will. They're not running them off the line. They're sitting there, and we've talked about this before. We talked about this a lot in our series preview about how the Phoenix Suns, for as talented as they are on the offensive end, are slow with their defensive rotations, which when you try to collapse or you fall victim to the gravity of any player on the opposition, you're going to leave somebody open. And if you are slow at your closeouts, it's going to be a three-point shooting contest. That's what it was tonight for the Denver Nuggets. Again, they end up shooting 43.2% from beyond the arc, 16 of 37. It felt like they could not miss. It felt like they could not miss. Yeah, once it got hot, they just couldn't stop. They they actually got to a spot where in the game, they start out hot, and then the third quarter rolls around, and the Suns kind of get hot a little bit there. They kind of seem like they're pushing the pace a little bit more. They're making the defensive stops, getting the rebounds. But for some reason, I mean, I mean, this is the Nuggets team. They, they start out hot, and then they continue to finish that way. That's what they did in the third. It was like the one chance the Suns had a chance to get back into the game, and they just they blew it because they kept going on runs, but then they would just mess up on the next play, like the steal, turn it back over, or else just miss the next big shot, and then the Nuggets would answer back and make a couple more in a row. I just a, a team like this that really believes in themselves and gets behind like a home crowd like that, it's just it's impossible to stop, especially a guy like Murray. And you know that guy just wants to prove himself to make sure that everyone knows, like, yeah, the reason you did lose is because I wasn't playing against you guys. And Booker, you think you're hot shit? No, like I'm actually the the second best player in the series next to Jokic. You don't you can't stand a chance. That's something to prove. And Murray has that Booker mentality. He just does. 100%. He has that killer instinct. He's the same exact type of dude on the floor. Not going to talk a lot of shit off the court. You know what I mean? Not a lot of that. Very humble kind of seems like, except for the dick pic was out there. But, you know, not so. I mean, don't be so humble about that thing. It was. <laughs> All right. But um, he on the court, man, he's like, he reminds me of Book. And that ridiculous finish he had against KD. Whereas like, how the fuck did that go in? When that's going in, those plays are happening. You just know, not even including the three-point shot, everything else is going to go in. And the, the ball is going to bounce their way. That's just the way it was almost all night, I feel like. Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of scary 
right? It's it's kind of scary because once again, here we are. We find ourselves in the second round of the playoffs, and we're going against a team uh, that that we can beat. We can beat this team, and it's like Jose Ortiz says in the chat. Says, what is that? Oh, spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you won't hear it on the podcast, but I, I, you know, I got the earphones on, man. It's not like you got beat. I'm being up. abducted right now. They're okay. just waiting until I'm done. <laughs> They're behind the green screen. <laughs> just a hand comes out and grabs yeah. you. Uh, but Jose Ortiz in the chat says, Suns just hope teams miss their threes. This is also what the True. Mavs did last year. Yep. And it's exactly what Great happened point. in that second round. The Mavs last season in the in the playoffs shot 39.9% from beyond the arc the entire series. For a seven-game series, they shot 40%. And for some reason, the Suns allow it to happen. They they don't run guys off the three. They need to force this team into the mid-range. Don't get me wrong. Jamal Murray is going to hit things from the mid-range because you're right. He has the fuck you attitude. He ends up scoring 34 points in this game, nine assists, five rebounds, 13 of 24 from the field. As I mentioned before, he was six of 10 from beyond the arc. It was a great, great Murray game. And for every Denver Nuggets fan who's been beating that drum for two years, well, we didn't have Jamal Murray. That's why you swept us. We didn't have Jamal Murray. That's why you swept us. Tonight is one of those fortifications of that statement. Now, again, it's a seven-game series. There's a lot of basketball yet to be played, and Jamal Murray might come back down to earth. But tonight he didn't. Tonight he fortified their point, and he found himself wide the fuck open. And part of the reason he was open is because Monty Williams, for some reason, loves to play Landry Shamit, man. Landry Shamit is a ding dong. I'm so sick of this guy. <laughs> He's a hey, what? Calm down. He's a ding dong. He's a ding dong. He is a ding dong. He's a shamalama ding dong. It's just game it's, one, John. That's I true. know it is, but four, 14 minutes, one of one from yeah. the field, negative 15 while he was on the court. Now, Grant, you have some other, you know, pl- the plus minuses aren't pretty in this, but he only had three points. And whenever he was on the court, Jamal Murray was actively seeking him out because he was the first substitution in. The first guy that Monty brings in is Landry Shamit, so Chris Paul can comes out. And what does Jamal Murray do? His eyes just get super big. He's like, "Oh shit, I got Shamalama ding dong on me. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a great time with this one." And that's exactly what he did. Is he just carved up Landry Shamit? The the effort on defense. Landry's trying. There's not much you can do against Jamal Murray. We know th- this is what the opposition feels like when Devin Booker's out there cooking. You just can't stop him. But the fact that you bring Landry out doesn't help. And Banff says it so eloquently in the chat. Somebody kidnap Shamit. Like, please, please. It's the only way to solve it, right? I hope. Yeah, just a little kidnap. Bring him back after the series is over. <laughs> I feel like Cena still didn't do anything. We still lost. Why does Monty oh. love Monty? I got to ask, why does Monty yeah. love Shamit so much? His campaign made an appearance late in the game. So obviously he's not healthy. I think maybe he just has no option, obviously. Um, no one else he wants to put in there defensively. I still just don't see it. I don't. As simple as that. Him passing the ball, him dribbling the ball. Don't like it. I don't like yeah. any of it. Give him the ball. He's quick to get out of his hands. Back to the same person. 
Yeah. I pass it back. You pass it back. That's what remember back in school. It's like, if you pass it back, I'll pass it back. That's yeah. sham. It. It's like, yeah. if you pass it back, I'll pass it right back to you. I swear. <laughs> and he, he, he never lies. Cause he's going to, um, it, it's, it's brutal to watch because you know, we have guys on the bench out there that can just score. I mean, he had the three, but guys just that want to score and we're giving yeah. up a ton of points to this team. So the defense doesn't fucking matter from anybody right now. I think, I mean, you're going to get from a Kogi and Craig mostly and Devin Booker out there. Chris Paul in some spurts, Aiton when he knows what's going on. But right now, it doesn't matter. You put guys out there that want to score, that know how to score, and that want these minutes in the playoffs. Shamit's just been given minutes, and just nothing's coming of it. Yeah, and Black Sunday in the chat, $10 in the Super Chat. Thank you ever so much for that, Black Sunday. Thank you for always supporting the pod. We really appreciate that. Yeah, He says, Void of Murray coming down, coming back down to earth. Eric Gordon and Norman Powell were cooking the Suns. Uh, cooking this Suns defense. Murray's going to average 30 in this series easy. And I don't disagree with that. You that know. was my, that's my number one concern uh, as we talked during our halftime Twitter space. So again, make sure you follow us at Suns Jam on Twitter and join us during halftime as me and Matthew kind of give our thoughts in that format as well. Halfway through the yeah. game, the, the Suns defense is cookable. <laughs> it's, it's non-existent. It's weird. It's weird to have them this discombobulated, so consistently and that's what we're seeing right now is they're consistently just allowing guys to do whatever they want and we talked about it during the the twitter space they're a team caught in the middle on defense when denver has the ball when the clippers had the ball the issue that they had was they didn't know if they wanted to guard the perimeter or try to crash the glass so when you're caught in between you're gonna kind of let both happen because you're like well should, should i if i shade off the the defender, the guy I'm defending at the three-point line to help crash the glass, now I'm leading, leaving him open for a wide-open three. And if I'm out there trying to guard him on the weak side and I'm not crashing the glass, they're getting offensive rebounds at will, which Denver, in in the same vein that the Clippers did, did just that. They had 16 offensive rebounds in this game to the Suns' eight. If you look at the, the second-chance points, it was 14 for the, the Denver Nuggets to 12 for the Suns. But the, the the funny thing is the Suns got their second chance points shooting six of nine from the field. The Nuggets got their 14 by going five of 18. I mean, they just got shot attempt after shot attempt after shot attempt because, again, defensively, the Suns are a team in the middle and they have to make a determination. They, they have to decide who they want to be, essentially. Yeah, and it's one of those things where rebounding is an issue. Um so, I mean, if you're going to get caught in the middle, you're going to worry about the rebound. That's the main reason, right? And I think that um, the speed, too, of these guys, of the Nuggets getting to their spots so quickly on the perimeter, it's it's super fast. But then also you're sitting there watching. You're like, oh, this guy's sitting over there for a while. Why is Booker just have his back to him that long and the mm-hmm. ball makes it over there that quick? It just it keeps happening over and over again. It's like no one's covering anybody. Everyone wants to kind of help KD or AD. Um, AD. Oh, my God. Excuse my language. Oh, no. They just want to help him out down there with the boards. But then you get caught in the middle, like you said, and then they're too late to rotate. And then also just like in the in the paint, man, like there was a time when like Jokic gets behind the defense and KD sees it happening, but then he's too late to recover and help. Yes. Aiden. I was going to say KD again. Hmm. I'll help him and just like, you know, a shot block attempt. There's a, sh- a few blocks by him tonight, but they're just too slow. And like you, like you said, they don't know who they are defensively. Even Aiden on the sideline, just, just sitting there like, I don't know what to do. Like Katie and him are talking. It's like, I don't know what to do out here. It's like, it's too crazy. And that's what we're worried about because this team obviously has the chemistry and yes. they know how to play team ball. They trust 
two more guys and who the Suns trust offensively, and those guys can get it done um, from the three or even grabbing the rebound or cutting to the basket. So that's a lot to handle, a lot to put up in a seven-game series. We have to figure this thing out quick. In a coach like Monty that a lot of us right now are just not trusting to make the adjustment because he keeps rolling out Shamit. So, I mean, it starts with the threes. It starts with worrying about the rebounds, finding out who you are on defense, um, just making sure that you can help out on defense. And none of that's really coming through right now for the Suns. I think you hit the nail on the head there with the Shaman comment. The reason that Shaman is so frustrating to us as fans is it sh- it's displaying a lack of an ability to make an adjustment from Monty Williams. He's committed to Landry Shamit for some reason. Uh, Cameron Payne, as you mentioned, must not be healthy because he's not playing until the garbage minutes. He's yeah, the guy who he, it, it was. It's like, oh, all of a sudden campaigns out there. I'm just like, well, hold on. Like, why hasn't he been out here the whole time? He must be injured to the point where you're not going to run him out there right away. But this has been continual throughout the playoffs. Is it sham it first off the bench? Sham it first off the bench. And the first two or three games made sense because Cameron Payne wasn't available. Heck, he wasn't available until game five against the Clippers. But he hasn't tried anybody else off the bench immediately. It's sham it every time, and sham it continues to get cooked every time. So as fa- as a fan base, we look at Monty Williams and we go, you know what? You don't have the ability to make adjustments because you have the roster to make adjustments, and you're actively choosing not to. There's something that you see in Shamit that nobody sees. Nobody. Fucking nobody. Nobody in any fan base, any any national pundit, any local pundit, everybody's wondering why Shamit's coming out. Every Your assistant coaches are probably looking at you and be like, Monty, why are you putting Shamit out there? So it, it, it shakes our resolve in his ability to make adjustments. And the other thing that you hit on, and I think this is, again, going to be the challenge for the Suns, is this was game number, what, 14 with Kevin Durant? Black Sunday asks in the chat for, and again, $5 from him. Dude, you put, you're putting my kids to college. <laughs> we used to be such a good defensive team in the bubble and in, two, in the 2021 run. What happened? There's a phrase that we used to utilize with regularity on this podcast, and it was organic chemistry. The Suns possessed organic chemistry, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. They knew how to rotate defensively. They knew where and, and when players should be uh, to negate the opposing offenses. Again, in the NBA, you're not going to negate everybody, but you're going to have trust in each other with Kevin Durant's insertion and the loss of three wings that were part of both of those runs, Cameron Johnson, Mikhail Bridges, and Jay Crowder no longer on the team. This team is trying to figure out in real time in the playoffs in the second round, who they are defensively against a team that is an offensive juggernaut that has a two time, potentially three time MVP who can pick them apart with Jamal Murray, who is a fireball shooter and can also set other people up and plays the pick and roll with Nikolai Jokic and has for the past five, six seasons with Aaron Gordon, uh, who got insanely hot tonight for no reason. Uh, MPJ who can carve you up as well. So what the Suns are running into is a team that possesses organic chemistry. Now, again, they don't necessarily possess it on the defensive end of the ball, not like the Suns did, because they don't have the defensive assets. But we did, and we don't anymore. So we're learning how to... You see it when DeAndre Ayton is on defense and uh, and Nikola Jokic is, is out of the game. Watch. One of the things I put in my notes is he was... DA was solid offensively in this game, in my opinion. You know, you look at his final count 
Uh, he did. Have, he was in a little bit of foul trouble. But he he was seven eleven from the field. He had fourteen points. He had seven rebounds. He had an assist. What I've found really interesting is when Monty Williams decided, hey, in in the first half, he goes, hey, Nikola Jokic is sitting down. Da, get up, get out there. And for the minutes in which D, when Jokic was on the bench, Da was playing. And then when Jokic came back, Busy came in. So that was an interesting adjustment from Monty. But what I noticed during that time is Aiton had no idea where to go on defense because he's like, normally he just goes, I pick Jokic and I, I'm on him. And now with this small ball switchable lineup that Denver was out there with, he was lost in the sauce. And that's where they, they were plus seven with Jokic on the bench quarter. <laughs> Okay, so I was watching this game with a first time, really a basketball watcher, never seen these teams play before, never seen these players ever. And the the phrase, who's the lost boy out there? Oh, man. Like, what are you talking about? First quarter. I'm like, who? DeAndre Ayton. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess so. It's all in the eyes. You said Jamal Murray earlier, the confidence he has, you can see in his eyes. Booker has it. Monty Williams and DeAndre Ayton right now just have the lost boy eyes. They're just lost. DA defensively, it was that way for sure. But it just started right away. I think the screens and stuff he was trying to set were really soft, but not knowing where to go and not what knowing what to do. Him sitting on the bench too and the KD talking to him, like I said earlier, there was just kind of like a lot of like confusion out there. I mean, mm-hmm. it, the thing that scares me about that is just like how much can you make, how much can you adjust to that or make the adjustments in the seat in the series to where it can help you win a game? <clears throat> because um, I think Cody Kid said or Blaze Megatron said. You know, the reason our defense is so suspect now is because we traded away McHale. They did. They had the organic chemistry with DeAndre Ayton. They had that. And now you have a different Chris Paul, too. Two years ago, that was very a true. way different defensive player in Chris Paul, even though Chris Paul is up there and steals in the playoffs, him and Booker. So, I mean, but that was a Clippers team, too, with guys that were handling the ball for the first time in a long time or maybe ever in their in their in the history of them playing in the NBA that many minutes. So it's going to contribute to a lot of turnover, especially Russell Westbrook. So this series is a little different because these guys just know what to do with the ball. And when you don't know what to do defensively, especially if you're Aiden and you're the anchor of the defense, it's going to be tough for you to come out of the series with the upper hand. I mean, we talked about it before the playoff series started where I just, I believed in him to be that guy that would come, maybe come out of nowhere. Maybe it would just come out of thin air to where this guy might be able to be reliable and defensively first game. It just didn't look good. Offensively. He's always going to have his shit. Mm -hmm. He'll have the easy stuff. He will. I'm not worried about that. It's just, defensively he needs to know but he also just doesn't have the help either i mean kd cannot help him out kd did have the blocks but those were mostly when busy was in the game when busy was kind of bodying up Jokic. but when aiden's out there and kd's out there i mean a lot of it is just getting to the rim and then pulling Aiden out getting guys in there hitting shots in his face from three so it looks tough it's a lot to handle right now for da it just looks like too much on his plate right now it looks like that for the entire Suns defense. That's the problem. If there's one guy who looks a little lost. You try to make adjustments and and hide him, if you will. But one, it's hard to hide D8 in this series because of Nikolai Jokic. And two, it's the entire Suns defense that, again, as we mentioned before, is a team that I feel is defensively in the middle. I was excited what I saw from him offensively. He was pinning down the opposing defenders. He was yeah, getting he was he getting was. down low. He wasn't taking the ball from 12 feet out and then fading away. No, he was getting down and and going at defenders. So I, I like what I saw from DA offensively, but much akin to the rest of the team, as we talk about different members of the, of this team and their performances throughout the evening, we're talking about that on defense. It's just like, man, like stop that, stop them, make it not happen. A uh, black Sunday in the chat, another $5. 
says, what, uh, what is that effort by Aiden? I know y'all seen the clip. Second round of the playoffs, and that's your effort. Do you know what clip he's referring to? No. No. Neither do I. So uh, give us another five dollars. <laughs> give us another five dollars and explain. I'm just joking. <laughs> just say, that, that's a lot of money, man. All right, but thank you that's, very much that's, again. That's, that's that's some good support. That's some good support. That's really me. good support. <laughs> I'm not too sure. Just explain. I don't know. And then you have one Devin Armani Booker. Big Dick Booker. So Booker in this game, uh, a quiet, if you will, 27. He was 10 of 19 from the field, highly efficient, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. He had 8 assists, 4 rebounds, so 27 and 8 from Booker. He also had a couple blocks. He had a steal, which, again, made me a little bit of money there on the DraftKings using promo code SUNSJAM. But the challenge that I had in this one, again, on the defensive end, Booker's been one of our better defenders this series. And we haven't even talked about the fact that Monty Williams chose to start uh, Josh Okoge over Torrey Craig. And I thought what that meant was we'd get a lot of Murray versus uh, Okoge and Murray versus Booker. I think we only got Murray on Booker like one major time. Obviously, it was at the back end of the third quarter. Murray missed. But Devin Booker was on MPJ the majority of the time. He's going to be their small forward in that lineup. The Suns used Devin Booker as the small uh, forward from a defensive standpoint. Was that the right strategy? <sighs> I think the way they're looking at it is MPJ, make it or miss, right? We're going to put Booker on you, who's been you know a lot better defensively, but he'll make it a little bit difficult on you. The thing is with MPJ, he's going to try his shot over anybody. I mean, if you put length on him, yeah, that'll help, but the guy can get his shot over anybody KD-like, where if he makes it a couple in a row, then he's actually going to get on fire. He's going to get the crowd into it. He's going to be a guy that's kind of unstoppable in a way, not like – uh, Murray, but he's a guy that is like the X factor, right? That can get a shot off against anybody, makes it, can get into the game and just take the Suns out of it, put the lead up by 15. And that's what he was doing. But I think putting Booker on him is just someone there that's kind of stable. And MPJ has a confidence in himself to get things done. There's a lot of pressure. If you watch any kind of news outlet right now, news mm-hmm. outlet. <laughs> if you watch Fox News or CNN where they're talking about this playoff series, they're talking about MPJ all the time being the X factor. So I kind of like it. Um, I think the whole thing is, I think moving on, I think you're going to see a lot of Booker on Murray. And I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I think it's getting down to the point where Booker is taking it personal now, where he wants to win this himself in a way, because he knows like the chemistry is not there with this team. So maybe he's going to want to just lock him down himself. But Murray is a guy that's going to get hot and you can't stop him either way. But it'd be fun to see those guys kind of go one-on-one and kind of battle each other back and forth. Yeah, I just I wish we saw a little bit more of it because I think that Devin Booker, yeah. with his intensity, we didn't see the intensity from Devin Booker tonight. I don't feel, uh, and I feel like it didn't start off that way, right? It kind of got there in the third quarter a little, a little bit, bit, but it wasn't the same as last series at all. A little bit, but at the same time, I think that Devin Booker's taking it in stride, right? He knows that the first game, the first two games of a series are a feel out game. And you try to figure out Matthew's over there kissing his wine glass. Well, Jeff Pinster over there, you know, drinking wine. That's yes. good. Try it. Come <laughs> over. Send me some dick pics. Get the fuck out of here. I got I got the uh, cranberry long drink. I don't even know what that says to me. <laughs> send, send, send me some pit pics, you know, armpits only, okay? Uh, I don't care if they're shaved armpits, or not. Send, yeah. send, send me your armpit pics. <laughs> but but Booker, um, I don't remember what the fuck I was saying. <clears throat> what were you saying, man? 
he's he's taking it in stride. He knows it's a long series. He knows that he needs to control his emotions. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I liked how this was a weird start to book for Booker. Like the five assists in the first quarter, mm-hmm. and it was they made it difficult on him. They were trying to take him out, let Katie do what he wants, and it it kind of works because I feel like if you get Booker kind of hot, then he can take the game over. KD right now is still not the same guy, and if he gets hot, he just kind of gets hot. He's kind of just playing his own game out there, and you just never see him really take the lead for the Suns. Booker himself, though, finding trying to get to the rim, trying to draw fouls. He finally got like the and one towards the first, but he's trying to be more physical and push the issue. And he still had the eight points on three for six shooting. So eight points, five assists, and a heavily guarded first quarter. That was pretty impressive. I think I thought. Oh, yeah. Everything he does is impressive. I just I think that he was muted yeah. tonight. And I think that again on the defensive end, he's gonna have to start to exert himself. And he did exert himself in that third quarter. That's where we did see intense bookers. When he started to exert himself. He went in, I think he got that one block, and you're just like, okay, here we go. Here comes Devin Booker. Uh, and then the, the sheer fact that we didn't play defense, uh, you know, I mean, the, you got to play, you know, they got to stop them from scoring points and such. You mentioned Josh and Kogi got the start in this game. Two points, one of three from the field, two rebounds, an assist, a steal. So I'm going to go right back on this, right? You go back to the first series against the Clippers. We start Torrey Craig the entire series, and he provides some offense and uh, surprises us with how much offense he he provided. This one, we were talking, yeah, you got to start J.O. You got to make sure. What's so funny? No, I'm I'm laughing at your point because okay. we're talking about the switch over. It's like just... should should Tory Craig start now? I don't God. know. Just, so we get Booker on Murray. I, never I don't know. About this. I, don't I know. thought he was gonna leave it alone. I thought he was gonna go with Craig because <laughs> Craig. Like if you listen to other podcasts, they're like, oh, Craig at the the fifth guy is really good. You know, everyone knows him as the fifth guy now. Now it's a Kogi. I love a Kogi starting, but you just see the, the transformation. How of course the minutes are down a little bit and the points. Nothing looks good on the scoreboard. Scorecard. Oh, oh, scorecard backyard <laughs> the pit picks i don't know i just like i i'm thinking maybe we go we go back with, i don't know man i don't know what the fuck monty's ever thinking that's i don't know sad. either how come it never looks good i think just when you lose it's, it's bad i think when you lose you go straight to the coach and i think with this team right now with monty it's you just you're trusting just kevin durant and booker to figure it out I think if you're him, I think that's what you do, right? Because it's not like you trust anybody else with the ball right now. Well, Kevin Durant was amazing in this game. Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. Kevin Durant was 12 of 19 from the field in this game. He was had 29 points. He had 14 boards. Uh, easily our best rebounder hit three blocks a steal and assist like this was a kevin durant game that's what kind of pisses me off is we wasted an elite kevin durant game in the first quarter alone he comes out and he scores 15 of the sun's 32 points on seven of nine shooting there's no stopping him and again he he's the only one who i felt was playing somewhat decent defense it wasn't his guys who were consistently giving up uh three point shots uh, but yeah, you know, Monty Williams, like that's all he can really do is, is rely on Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker offensively and whoever the defensive coordinators for this team needs to be fired. 
<laughs> is After it Rex Ryan? Game. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they need to get Rex Ryan on this. <laughs> you look funny over there, the Suns. Um, you know, KD just the seven turnovers is what sticks out. Obviously, towards the end of the game, he had like three or four in a row where they were just like kept getting tipped out of his hands, like him trying to make a move and they were just sweeping it from him. It looked pretty bad at times for him. I think it was a good game. I just think that when the Suns were trying to make a run, like the one where they got the finally got the rebound, I think they were only down by 12 in the third Ooh. quarter, maybe it's a fourth. And KD gets the ball and he's dribbling up a court and they just take it away from him. They kept happening to him. They kept taking yeah. the ball away from him. And I, who was it? Someone said he just looked gassed. I think it was Banff said he looked gassed. I need to start marking these. He looked gassed and he did in the fourth quarter. He just looked like he couldn't really do much. This was a game like this is why he's my X factor where he needs to go up a notch like Booker did last series because mm-hmm. he he has a 29 points. But I'm just saying if you get the 40, obviously it's a more competitive game, but you just know on those runs he can finish them. He can cut the lead down to two. He can cut it to five, you know, get it closer in those situations instead of turning the ball over and just not being relied on. I just feel like I can't count on him right now. Still, I know that the stats look good. They do. And I'm not saying he's shitty. I'm just saying there's just another level he's has to get to. And maybe it's the thin air. Who knows? But he was a little gas, I feel like, in the fourth. And the see, whole team might have been. See, I well, and there's you know the altitude factor. Obviously, yeah, everyone's gonna point to that, that in sucks. Denver. But see, I disagree. I think this was an amazing Kevin Durant game. I don't know, like he was at that level. If this was a competitive game, he would have been out there even more and scoring up to those 40 points in that fourth quarter. You know, thankfully he only played what like 36 minutes in this game. Uh, yes, thank God, because I said I was going to go on a Monty. I, during our Twitter spaces, I'm like, if Kevin Durant and Devin Booker play for over 45 minutes or 44 minutes in this game, we lose by 20, I'm going to lose my fucking shit. And thankfully, it was 36 minutes for Kevin Durant. It was 40 minutes for Devin That's Booker. Nice. That's nice. It's nice. Cheers. And, you know, it's, yeah, cheers. You know, cheers it's, that, it's a loss. So I'm just, I'm glad that we didn't waste all those minutes in it. But I <clears> thought that this, this was, like, this is what we need to do. This is what puts the fear in the heart of the Denver Nuggets. Again, it comes down to like I, I'm it's a I'm a broken record, and I know that there's not going to be uh, so much, or we're not going to be talking about this shit very much longer because it's going to be like childhood trauma, and we're out pretty soon. Because I can't say it enough. Like we got to improve our defense. We got to improve our defense. We do you have think to they focus can, on. Though? Like I'm just saying, like what strategically. Do you do, well, what you do is strategically you look at the first game tape you see what the nuggets were trying to do and they have multitudes of things that they were trying to do and you try to take one or two of those things away now what killed the Suns in this game is when they did give it to aaron gordon aaron gordon decided that he was michael fucking jordan he was nine of 13 from the field three of four from beyond the arc uh that's 20 uh or he had 23 points you know and and when you think about eric aaron gordon you think of a player who typically plays near the rim and that's how he beats you this season alone, uh, from beyond the arc, he was a 34% three-point shooter on 2.5 attempts. So he played above his level, if you will, tonight. Uh, MPA uh, in this playoffs thus far has been averaging about 16, 17 points per game. You know, in this game, he gave him 11, but they were a key 11. You know, he was five of nine. They were key five of nine as he did the majority of his damage in the second quarter. So they were literally just taking turns. So the Suns, yeah, they have to. They they have a lot to figure out. The depth is what everyone kept ta- kind of talking about. You look at the depth uh, outside of Bruce Brown, who played 25 minutes. Their their bench didn't do really anything. You had five from Green. You have three from some cat named Watson, who played at the very end, uh, and you had one point from from uh, Christian Braun or Brown or whatever the fuck his name is. It was it was the the Bruce, Bruce Brown, Brown 14 yeah. points like that yeah. that hurt, but it wasn't a game in which they're 
their bench beat us. They kept saying on the broadcast, you know, the 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 depth of the of the Nuggets. I'm like, no, it wasn't their depth that killed us. It was the fact that they had 34 from Murray. They had 24 from Jokic. They had 23 from Gordon. And then they had 11 from Porter Jr. and 10 from Caldwell Pope, who came out firing. Whereas the Suns had like 29, 27. You had 14 from Aiton, 11 from Paul, and 2 from Akogi. So our starters just didn't match the intensity on both ends of the court. Yeah, and if we're going to do it defensively, I kind of wanted to see the – like if there's a certain situation where the Suns give up a big run, we're down by 10 – I just want to see the lineup and see what it looks like. We have busy in there and you have Katie and book, and then you have Craig and a Kogi. Just see what that looks like. A lot of hustle, a lot of blocking, a lot of just shot deterrence at the rim, just making sure that they can like kind of change the tempo of the game, break it down a little bit more, make sure that mm-hmm. they get the extra rebound. The ones that won't bounce our way will bounce a Kogi's way or Craig's way. And Bismack is there down there to help KD. I just want to see that. And then let Book and KD do their thing offensively, roll, kick and roll, hit, try to hit Okogi and Craig in the corner if they can. Um, Bismack's obviously wide open. He missed a wide open layup. But other than that, we missed like, a lot of wide I open I want to see layups. what that looks like. Maybe if you can just like, just kill that energy that the Nuggets can bring shooting wise. You know what I mean? Just defensively, just go at them. And then you still have some scores out there. I mean, Maybe that's a 10-point 10 10 lead from the Nuggets going to 20 points from my rotation. But, I, <coughs> oh, no, choke it from the wine. Oh, yeah, you better chug that oh, wine. Oh, he's coughing. He's coughing. Yeah, just, just try that. Just see what that looks like. But, nah, then maybe that's just the wine talking. I don't know. Oh, it's definitely the wine talking. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. I was kicking it on the on the subreddit for the for the Denver Nuggets tonight. This is really hard to do. Oh, let's see. Let's try this. Do this. Costume designs. I tell you what. I think Matthew's throwing up off to the side. By the way, I don't know where he went. He's on mute, and he's he's. You're on mute. You're still on mute. You're talking so much, and you're on mute. Are you going to unmute yourself at any point? <laughs> What were you saying? Um, I was saying it hurt my chest, dude. I was trying not to throw my water up all over the computer. Well, that would have that would have been great. Yeah. That would have been better than. <laughs> oh so, man! <clears throat> so the uh, the subreddit stakeout. This is what I found on the subreddit for for the Denver Nuggets, uh, a place that obviously was very happy with their with their victory. They said uh, the Suns still reek of that fifty plus point blowout from last season. Y'all deserve that chip more than the penis sons. So uh, we, we didn't lose <laughs> the, by 50. But the, penis the penis sons. The Are you sure they meant peanuts? <clears throat> no, they meant instead of Phoenix, they said penis. Uh, grow up. Clearly, that was like a Mavs fan or something hanging out in the in their subreddit. Let's see what else they said. Uh, it's, it's about to be amazing series for offensive or for <clears throat> offense fans everywhere. As for defense, bad boy Pistons look away. And uh, they're right. There's going to be a lot of offense. Chris Paul is a rat. <laughs> uh, hey, that Chris one play Paul. that was reviewed, that was kind of fucked up. That was a good. Play I don't by think him. so. Yeah, that was a great play by him. Yeah, that was fucked up. That he they they had to go look at that. I'm like, he made a play on the ball. It wasn't even. He a made foul. a play on the ball, and Jamal Murray like flopped into it. He's all for yeah. And, Fuck yeah, you guys. and I just Fuck it, the pincer yeah every brothers. yeah every everybody Sorry. was uh everybody was you know essentially just saying <laughs> you know this is uh this is ridiculous. It's a flagrant foul. It's like no, it wasn't. He's literally going for the ball. So whatever. 
Uh, Chris Paul, or, or fuck Chris Paul, by the way, almost forgot to say. And then somebody said, yeah, fuck Chris Paul with a dry stick. Ugh, so mean. Uh, There's a lot of shit talking in their subreddit this evening. Eat shit, Booker. Devin Booker has the most punchable face in the NBA. Mm-mm-mm. Dylan Brooks, uh, who will be playing in China next year. Uh, somebody says Devin Booker is a hooker. Ooh. Devin Booker looks just like Terrence and Phillip, and I can't think of anything else. That was pretty funny. Hello. From South Park? Yeah. Oh. Hey, gang. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Canadians. Yep. <laughs> Shut your fucking face. I'm yeah, fucking, his uh, eyes. They're kind of smaller. Eyes. Yeah, I can yeah, see that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd love to see Devin Booker <laughs> as a South Park good. character. That yeah. was pretty good. That made me laugh. Uh, Aiden always looks like he has, like, he's five and saw a scary bear on TV. The Lost Boy. Yeah, he's a Lost Boy, man. His eyes tell it all. Oh, oh man. What the hell? It's so funny. Um, so then somebody said, fuck Aiden. Like, wow. They're the aggressiveness Jeez. in this subreddit. Don't tell him. Jamal. That. Jamal, too much of a cock right now. Calm down and pass it, man. That was after the Devin Booker one-on-one play. And I was like, wow, they called him a cock. That's really aggressive. And then somebody says, uh, Booker cock. Uh, the, <laughs> the mullet boy is in. Let's fucking go. So when Jock you know Randall that's shown, then it's over. <laughs> you yeah, got the win. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's when you have to put on your Princess Peach crown and just call it a day. The Sun's Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Yeah, the, who are these Pinster brothers in the chat? There are two know. of them, huh? I they're hope they funny. do the old um, Dylan Brooks thing where they're talking shit now, and then by game six when it's over and the Suns win, like they're just like all quiet with their big gold <laughs> chains around their neck. <laughs> yeah. Should we no, that... should we kick them out or no? I mean, never, never. I mean, it's fine. Champs, if you want to come, trash listen. Them. Yeah, if it, listen, for us. if opposing fans and negative people want to come in onto our post game pod and talk shit, like, cool, man. Way to live your life. Five cents. Yeah, we. Pre- you yeah. should be hanging out. You should be hanging out on your own, uh, your own shit, like your own team's thing, celebrating. But instead, you're like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go uh, hang out with people who just lost and and make fun yeah. of their losing. It's like, really weird. It is. You know, it's just a yeah. weird psychological experiment. You have, but you know what? Go pay more attention to your kids or whatever. If you, if yeah, man. Yeah, probably. Do something Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, this is a reminder. Subscribe, rate, and review. Give us a thumbs up if you happen to be watching along live or at a later time on YouTube. And give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. Matthew, who are you going to go ahead and give the Jam star of the game to? I think I'll give it to. Um... I know it's weird, but I'm gonna give it to Booker. I, I think he did start oh, a little weird. slow. Yeah, I know. But I kind of just like the way he played in the first. I think I thought he kind of held his own most of the game. He was being aggressive. The only thing is like this team needs to rely on each other more. There's sometimes when Booker does bring the ball up down down court and he has a one-on-one matchup and doesn't hit the right guy and, and wide open for three. You know, he'll look to his left instead of the right. That's the one thing he needs to improve on and trust his teammates more. This team needs to trust each other. They don't trust each other right now, and it starts with Booker. He can play that fuck you in certain moments of the game, but right now I feel like going to the next game, we got to trust. If the shots don't go, they don't go. But we got to give these other guys more confidence. Otherwise, we're not going to do anything this year. Yeah, see, I give it to KD. 
I think okay. that he he unlocked a different side of himself. I think that in this series, due to the defensive matchups, he's going to have the ability to go off like he did, and I think we're going to continue to see that. That's one of the exciting things I had entering the series is they have guys who are going to be back on their heels because of Kevin Durant. They're, they don't have guys who are necessarily going to be all up in him and in his jersey like they were with the Clippers, and we saw that tonight. So I think that uh, that's going to be a fun kind of twist of fate is to see more great Kevin Durant games. Now, again, yeah. The Suns need to figure it out defensively. They need to trust each other. They need to figure out who are um, or who who gets the weak side, who's got the perimeter, um, and operate in that space if they want to win the next game and ultimately win the series. Uh, Brian Herrera in the chat says our turnovers are our jam star. It's another thing that killed us. I mean, again, this was it wasn't a horrible performance by the Suns necessarily when you look at their offense, but yeah, their turnovers they had sixteen of them led to eighteen points. Uh, the Nuggets only had 10 and led to seven. So, I mean, there's a nine-point swing right there. It's halfway to 18. You can't that do it on the road, obviously. No, and you can't. It is game one. And I said, like, even if we go down 0-2, this is still a series the Suns can figure out. It's um just going to take some time, some adjustments, and that's where Monty needs to prove himself, man. I mean, it's Ooh. he has the players there. He does. He has them, obviously. It's just whoever he throws out there, he has to really think, not twiddle his tongue so much, and just know what to do. Yeah, decisive decisions which might be a double entendre but i think you're you're absolutely correct in that area uh, that capacity so we'll see what happens as we prepare for game two that's going to be on monday right it's monday right yep monday and then friday and then sunday god that's gonna be a long week and then ashley's graduation there's no game there so i looked yeah i was like thank you god good man thursday sunday situation good man dude Childhood trauma. All right, Jamsters, you know, it's, we got 10 minutes left in the pod, and I'm tired of talking about how shitty the Suns' defense was tonight. So let's talk a little tri- childhood trauma. So if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, if you're watching along live in the chat, go ahead and put them in there. But, you know, last time we did our, our watch party, and we are hanging out with some of the Jamsters, and we are talking about childhood trauma segment opportunities, I think the one that we came up with is, Tell me about the first time you ever smoked weed. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Remember? <laughs> yeah. Um. <clears throat> no, I'll I'll do first time I did edible. I don't think I did the edible story on here, did I? I not that I'm aware of. But that's not childhood. I was like 23 years old. So that's is that not still childhood. Count? Not childhood. Damn it. Well, I didn't smoke weed till I was like in my 20s. Oh well, that's a horrible childhood trauma story. That's, <laughs> that was like that's that's a lame childhood, man. Lame. But give me yours and maybe I'll think of something else. Um, okay, so seventh grade. How old are you in seventh grade? Like 14, 13? Uh, you're, yeah, you're 13. You're 13, 13 or so, 12. So first time I ever smoked weed, I was I was behind a Circle K. There was a Circle K located on 44th Street in Osborne. And it was a lot smaller than the one it is now. They, they have a Circle K there now. They rebuilt it. They took out a, a building behind it and extended it. And that's where like me and my friends smoked for the first time. It was out of like a can, right? So you get a little can and, and you and you pin the holes into it and you you you, you <laughs> yeah. know you you put a thing in the mm-hmm. side for the carb. And I remember the first time we did it, you know, obviously like I smoked it and it hits you in, in the dome right right away, and you just kind of whoa, hey man, and everything just started to slow down. And we decided let's go and walk over to that circle K and just go get some munchies, man. And like I had a I don't think I had any money on I me. Mean, I was 13. Like I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. So we went in there and my friends were getting some stuff and we're going to uh, 
just just get some sna- some Scooby snacks and then go back to my buddy's house. So what I did is I I was I was standing there, I was looking around, and I stole a Snickers bar. I took the Snickers bar and I like put it in my pocket, and I swear it was like the most slow motion steal ever in the history of stealing things. I was just like, yeah, just put that right there, and I didn't get in trouble for it. Uh, thank God. And we went <laughs> we went back to my buddy's house, and it was like the best Snickers bar I ever had. Yeah. And that's like when I was a young lad. That's the first thing that got me like wanting to smoke weed. I'm like, dude, food tastes amazing. And then we all just sat around for like four hours playing Mario Kart on Nintendo 64. And that it, was the first time I, <laughs> I spoke. That, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, mine kind of relates to childhood trauma a little bit. Maybe it's just okay in a way where, you know, if you start out smoking so early, I feel like it's not as helpful in your adulthood to really realize who you are. Just open up all the insecurities and face them, you know, improve well, yourself. Yeah, your, your brain's still growing at that point. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't have any. I mean, I'll just tell you my first time I did um, an edible. Sorry. Is it all right? Just oh, yeah, little, go for it. Go for it. All right. Comes out of left field. But um, so first time I did edible, I didn't know what it was. I was like 23, 24. This is when I was actually in the band and I was going to band practice um, that night. And I went what to was my, the, what was the name of your band? Uh, Analog. You can actually look them up. I think they're on SoundCloud. It's A N A. It's A N A. A N A L O G. Analogy. Analogy. Um, but, um, I was with my girlfriend, we went to her friend's house and they had like a, um, a, uh, it wasn't a Snickers now that's in my head. It sounds so good. <laughs> it was a Rice Krispie treat. And I took a bite. I didn't know what it was. I was just so naive. I didn't, I never smoked pot or anything. I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. I'm like, Oh, nothing. Obviously that's always the first thing that happens when you, when you take an edible, you never have nothing. So we drove home. I dropped her off. I went to go pick up my friend at the time and he couldn't drive at the time because he had a DUI. So I had to pick him up every time we went to practice. And as soon as I got to his house, I was like, whoa, something feels cool. I feel fucking fantastic. And I pick him up. We start driving and I start peeling out out of red red lights. I'm just like peeling out. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. So I pulled over and he drove, even though he couldn't drive. He was driving a suspended license because I couldn't even drive. Got to practice. And I remember I was sitting there. I probably told you this, John. I was sitting there playing guitar. But I wasn't playing. I thought I was playing and I wasn't playing. And we were practicing for something tomorrow, the next day. It was like some kind of video thing. And I was just sitting there like this. And I thought like I was like the walls were gone. I was like on a beach. There was like a blue sky. It was the most fabulous thing ever. And I was just like, this is awesome. And I wasn't playing at all. And everyone's just like, what? Are you? Oh my God. <laughs> like you're fucking and everyone got pissed at me. So oh, I was trying to enjoy it, but I was in the right wrong situation at the time to really enjoy my first out of. Yeah. Play. Like you, like you had responsibilities. I like did, but I didn't know. I'm like, I'll take a bite. And I took two yeah. bites yeah. and it was strong. It was like the good, good stuff. Cause this girl had like the medical stuff. Yeah. And it messed me up, but it was, it felt good. It was a great time. Yeah, I remember the first time I did an edible. Um, <laughs> uh, me and my buddies were playing golf, and we were talking about it the whole time. Uh, and we're like, dude, when we get home, we're doing edibles. When we're getting home, we're doing edibles. And it was right around Easter time because we, <laughs> me and my buddies did edibles, and we watched The Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, <laughs> which is like a four-hour movie about <laughs> Moses going through the <laughs> desert. And we were just sitting there just like baked out of our brains. And I remember like almost hyperventilating. And like I had smoked weed a ton because I like yeah. my first edible. I was like 19, 20. I had smoked weed a ton. So like I knew how to handle that. But I didn't know necessarily how to handle the body high of it. And, and yeah. I was like I was like losing my shit. My friends, we were all like, 
you know, we we're all kind of losing our shit. And we just, we kept, we kept, every time Charleston Heston would say something, we would, we would say now and suck my cock after everything <laughs> he'd say. And it works. It's like letting my people go. Cause he's got that like raspy, you know, deep, uh, intense voice. He's like, Pharaoh, let my people go. And we'd be like, and suck my and we were just dying laughing for hours. <laughs> Stupid shit. But I mean, that's what you get. That's what you get. Oh my god. That's Anything great. else for childhood trauma that you want us to talk about? Uh, Jamsters. I just see everyone you know talking yeah. shit to each other. It's, and it's what's fun is I think the Pinster brothers they're actually fans of the pod now. Like you yeah. know what I mean? They're they're in there, and you guys might be annoyed, but they, I think they like us. It's a it's yeah, a cool well, vibe in here. Yeah, we just you know somebody somebody just gave us four twenty in the chat and says cheers to Denver. Pack the rest of the series. Four twenty. 420 man Hitler's birthday I mean, isn't that weird it is did you weird. know that i did yeah i always thought that was weird the 420 is a day i'm like that's kind of a weird day but yeah, yeah. sorry everyone's like there's book. there's 420 ingredients in thc or some shit so is that why it is 420 i have okay. no idea every you know everyone's always got their you know their do you like you know all right all right all right any other thing you want to talk about before we get out of here? We got four minutes. Uh, I will know, say, I, like, I've got cousins who are just like nonstop texting. Like, my, my yeah, my friend's like off. My friend texted me this, and he's like one of those uh, Sam shout out. I know you don't really watch, but he texted me his all <laughs> third quarter. You <laughs> saw the worst text you can get. Denver's looking good, huh? <laughs> what? Yes, they're looking good. <laughs> and he's one of those triple textures like Shannon, where it's like beep beep beep. Yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah. not gonna hear from me for two days, dude. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't well, text my, me that during the game. Well, what, what happens <laughs> to me is I start to get text messages from random people in my life that I love, and I I, I love all my friends, but you mm-hmm. know they start giving me their analysis on the series. You know, it's like, well, you know, if they if they hit their if they give up three pointers, they'll lose. I was like, I know how basketball works, man. You know, like I don't want to be sound like a dick, but I'm just like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, I'm not responding because, duh. Yeah. If they score more points than you, then they win. That's crazy, man. You're like, <laughs> this is the first time I've heard you talk basketball with me all season long. But yeah, cool, man. You know. All right. Well, game two we have upcoming. Again, as you mentioned, Monday night. We'll be going live mm-hmm. after that one, hopefully under better pretenses. Win or lose, Matthew. What do you think? I think it's going to be a close game. and I think the Suns lose. I'm going to stick with my prediction where it's seven games and the Suns do go down 0-2. And seven yeah. games, Suns, Suns victory. Um, well, Suns win the series. Well, it's like I said uh, in our series preview, when you lose games in the playoffs, it feels like you can never win. And when you win games, you feel like you can never lose. Obviously, after losing this game, it feels like the Suns are just screwed in the series, that they stand no chance. And we know that that's false. We know that this team is uh, a very solid team. There's a reason why they're still they're still favored to win the series on, on DraftKings. It's because they're a damn good team. I just think that we have to... Uh, make some adjustments. I think it is a Suns win in game two. I said that uh, they'd split the first two. I don't know if they'd win game one or win game two. I think they're going to come out, and I think they're going to have a little bit more intensity, a little bit of firepower. And I think that a lot of those shots for Denver, they, they don't have a reputation making those all those shots all the time. Don't get me wrong, third or I'm sorry, fourth best three-point per- shooting percentage in the league this year, but the Suns can't allow them to be that open that much. So I think it's a Suns win, and we'll be talking to you much happier after the game and, yeah pincer brothers better be back please yeah yeah don't, don't don't be dylan brooks don't talk shit when you're just front running man that's yeah it's so good to see dylan brooks gone didn't talk to the media i think he's an unrestricted free agent is dylan, is dylan brooks even in this league next year lebron james broke him 
see the way he handled it really hurt him if he were just to come out and just talk to the media man like that's the thing is like you think you're you have the right attitude you think you have the confidence of the way you walk around with the vest and stuff but you don't because you can't just back it up like you have to be there in those moments stick it out whenever you're losing maybe something else bad is going on behind the scenes but just like Budenholzer lost his brother during the series did you hear about that yeah yeah so like things happen but you didn't hear anything so it's like you got to come out and just face up. Then you don't hurt your chances of joining a new team. Look forward to your new contract, man. Yeah. Well, you because I like gotta... I like Brooks's game. I really do. I'm not gonna lie. I've always liked him. I know you hate him. Ooh, I, I remember him. the Suns when we got him in the trade. I'm like, oh yeah, Dylan Brooks. I, I kind of like the dude, but he's not gonna be on any team. Yeah, I think again, he what he did was very detrimental to his future because again, all that shit talking, and then they start losing games, and then oh, he, not talking to the media, not talking to the media, not talking to the media. You can't have a guy on that like that. On your team. Yeah. He's not a leader. He's not a follower. He's just a piece of shit. Yeah, and you hear too. Yeah, and you hear too in the um in the locker room where there's teammates didn't like the atmosphere and maybe well, that's yeah because I mean they didn't even show up for that last game. They were just like, let's get the season over with. We don't yes. like this group of guys, and I think after, he might have ruined it for them. After that first quarter, there's like, okay, yeah, we're done. Like, mm-hmm. fuck this guy, fuck this team. We're out like, of here. Look at me, I'm broken. <laughs> I'm broken inside. So. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Again, thank you, Jamsters, those of you who have decided to watch along live or choose to watch at a later time or if you're listening at a later time. Thank you again. Make sure if you are new to DraftKings, you sign up using promo code Suns Jam to get $5 of something or other, whatever the promo was at the beginning that I read. Uh, I meant every word of it simply because I read it. So we'll see you on Monday night. Until then, everybody, uh, enjoy your edibles. Yeah, and go home and love your pinsters. <laughs>